The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, my advice to Christina from my own experience adjusting to diabetes would be keep a mental or physical note of how you react to food and or insulin. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of the Insulone Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining my co-host, Mr. Graham O'Toole. What's happening? <laughs> Get close to the mic. How All are you? Right. I'm relaxing. <laughs> I'm lying back in my chair thinking I have a comfortable chair like you, but I don't. Could you, you? Um, imagine my excitement yesterday when <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my little deadlifts, uh, 60 kilograms, I'm um, getting back into deadlifting. Uh, I don't know what that is in pounds for American listeners. And I see in the reflection of a mirror a broad man that looks very <laughs> similar to Owen Costello, a.k.a. Insel Owen. And I double-checked and I said, Jesus, is it Owen? I haven't seen him in the wild in so long. And there he was. And then I was going to rock up to you, but then I realized, wait a second. Be careful, Graham. I think he could be with the client. And I don't want to go up and go, oh, the story <laughs> what's going on man and then you kind of give me a look and then i just pretend i'm talking to the person in the bench beside you so i left you for a while i was doing my exercises maybe five or ten minutes past and i was getting hand sanitizer to clean up after myself and then i see owen and i'm like how was the story and you're like here i gotta be on my best behavior i've got a client over here <laughs> i need to be professional i need to be professional how how was your session with the fella going very good took him through his paces nicely and uh, I was messaging him today and he goes, my chest is in bits. <laughs> it's head, like, his like chest is burning off him in a good way. But apart from his chest just burning from a single workout, I've been working with Rob for a while now and he's just been on the ball with everything. And he's had diabetes since he was a child and he had always struggled in recent years to get his A1C below eight. And... The last A1C test that he got done was only a number of weeks ago and it was 6.5. So it was by far his best ever. Um, He's worked very, very hard 
it shows in his A1C particularly, but he's also struggled with putting on weight in terms of muscle training and that kind of thing. And he's gained 10 kg. So Rob has worked very hard. You can see that with his weight. You can see that with his confidence around his bloods, his A1C. He just feels like he's in the driving seat of his diabetes, as I like to say. So Rob, if you are listening, I don't know if you are, but special, special shout out to you because you've absolutely killed all the work that you've been doing. And I greatly appreciate it from my side. So thank you very much. It's good to see you, Graham. Met up for a coffee then, and uh, within the hour we were chatting, we uh, decided how to take over the world together, and uh, that was that was good. We uh, as we, we always try to do, lay down many plans, uh, big plans for the podcast in the future. Over that chance meeting and a coffee outside in the blistering September sun here in Dublin, uh, big plans coming very soon for the Insulone podcast. Big time! I'm almost jealous that I don't just listen to the podcast instead oh. of doing it because, oh. <laughs> because it's, oh. that, it's that exciting for the future. Oh, big, big plans coming. <laughs> Let's just say 2022. That's when we really take off. Like we've only been messing for the last year and a half. Mm. We've only been messing. 2022 mm. is when we start being serious. If you Gotta like... take it up a notch. What has been served in front of you? Ho, ho, ho. This is merely the starter over the last two uh, two years, we have big juicy steaks for mains coming in the new year. Very excited! <laughs> You're very good at describing things, Graham. <laughs> Thank you very much. I feel on form today. I'm after a gym session and at yeah. my lunch, so I'm fueled up and I'm a little bit uh, on edge, a little bit as well, which could go either way for the podcast. Oh, yeah, here we go. Shall we get into it? Actually, before we do, yeah. Today. I got word, this it's relevant to the podcast, so I thought I'd share it. I got word today that one of my mom's friend's dogs was diagnosed with diabetes. What? Yeah. Do, do you want me to chase up the dog for uh, a guest? That's what I said. I was talking, so Bonnie is the dog's name, so I was going to see if we can get Bonnie on as a guest. And when I always say, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets, it all makes it. sense now yeah. because it. it's not just us with type 1 diabetes. <clears throat> There's the voice crack. Hasn't happened in a while. Um, so, yeah, her dog has been diagnosed with diabetes and has to now take insulin twice a day, like injections twice a day. That's insane. How did yeah. your mum's friend know that Bonnie was sick? I just, I think she wasn't kind of acting herself. Okay. And tired and she's kind of old now too apparently mm. but has to get like eye operations and stuff she'll be fine but i wonder is it, it the must same? be woof <laughs> 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 had to get that in <laughs> must be woof i wonder was bonnie urinating as much as well as um people just before their diagnosis they urinate a lot more which was one of the reasons I was scared that I was mm. going to be um, diagnosed with diabetes. But just I kept on drinking too much water, I think, was the was my reason. And <laughs> I'm getting old. That should do it. Yeah. I'll get more details and um, and find out the symptoms that Bonnie was experiencing. But that is fascinating. Bonnie, though. if you are listening, or if there's <laughs> any other pets listening with diabetes, we understand you. Hope you're keeping well. Let's chat some emails. Um, I don't know if there's any 
dogs have messaged or cats or anything like that, but we're going to kick off with the human. And the human has a name and their name is Gwyneth Harrick. And she says, thank you. So the email goes, hi there, Owen and Graham. My name is Gwyneth and I am a 24-year-old diabetic from the USA. I've been meaning to write this email for a long time because I have been obsessed with the podcast for a few weeks now. Here's a little about me. I was diagnosed when I was 13 in my last year of middle school. Actually, it was just before Halloween, a holiday filled with candy eating, which made things tough. Since I was diagnosed, I've been in the advocacy space for type 1s. When I was 16, I became part of a mentorship program for young ones. I was also a camp counsellor at Camp Upeninsulin. Upeninsulin? Yeah, I think that's right. A life-changing summer camp for kids with type 1. I also had good control of my blood sugars, but lost it a bit when I turned 21 and was studying abroad in Prague and then having a hot girl summer in New York City. <laughs> I kept on shouting this summer that it was my hot girl summer as well. <laughs> but I was in Dublin, not in New York. Now I attend law school at the University of Pennsylvania and have things back under control, especially with your helpful reminders in the podcast. In law school, I sought accommodation for the first time. This was a really important decision because we take tests that are two to eight hours long or more. And if you have a low blood sugar, your brain will not be answering questions with as much speed. I felt like there wasn't a strong enough communities for type ones at Penn. So I founded the Disabled and Allied Law Students Association this year. I think it has been empowering to have found that group. It seems you can relate because of the wonderful community you've started. I think it might be interesting for you to do a podcast episode aimed at students and their decision to be accommodated at school or not and how that could be helpful and an important choice. I will end by saying that I love how you joke about hoping Graham gets diabetes. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gwyneth. <laughs> I have said that many times to my friends and family as a joke, lol. I also used to make some of my friends check their blood sugar with new lancet needles, of course, and say, I do this every day. So if you're my true friend, you will do it. (laughs) Don't worry. That was mainly middle school. Thanks for all your good work and be well. That is from Gwyneth. That was a class email. Thank you, Gwyneth. I appreciate you firstly listening to the podcast and secondly, reaching out to the podcast and it seems as though with, I suppose, a lot of emails that we're getting now, Graham, there's a lot in them, which is good. There's loads yeah, of detail, loads of insight into people's lives and experiences. Gwyneth seems to have kind of been through it all for, for the most part. And what jumps out at me, apart from the fact that she said she had a hot girl somewhere in, in New York and her management probably wasn't as good as it could have been, I completely understand that. I was in New York for two years probably wasn't my best diabetes period but just two years of hot girl summer for own (laughs) yeah maybe not for me but um (laughs) i i understand because new york is uh, a wild place to say the least what jumps out at me there from gwyneth's email is the fact that of course she lives with type one herself we all do we understand how difficult it can be and kind of how isolating it can be at times but despite Gwyneth going through her trickier times in Prague and New York, she's obviously come out of that. She realizes that it's important to stay on top of things as much as possible. She's now in law school doing two to eight hour exams, which sounds intense. But she's got involved with helping other diabetics, which is great to see. And 
much like the podcast that we had, was it last week we did, where I highlighted how life can change when you're diagnosed and my perspective specifically, giving my own experience and how things can seem like a negative and then you can look at them more deeply or scratch under the surface and see that, look, there's there has to be some sort of positive there wherever it is. When it's positive for herself personally, it seems to be, and to other diabetics is the fact that she is now involved with helping other diabetics. And if she wasn't diagnosed, that might not be happening. And her, what did she say? She founded the Disabled and Allied Law Students Association. That probably wouldn't, that well, that wouldn't exist if Gwyneth wasn't diagnosed. So thank you, Gwyneth. Thank you for your email. Thank you for your work. And I laughed when (laughs) you said that you always joke about your friends or you joke with your friends about them getting diabetes. Is that what you said? Uh, I've said that many times to my friends and family as a joke, lol. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then how she makes her friends check their blood sugar and say, I have to do this every day. If you're a real friend, you'll do it. You'll only have to do it once. I have said that countless times throughout the years, just forcing people to check their blood sugars to make sure they're okay. That all comes from a good place, Owen. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Gwyneth could also potentially be a good guest to have on. Definitely agree with that, Owen. We'll keep in touch, as Absolutely. you said. Okay, let's move on. Email number two. This one's short and sweet, but it's very interesting. So it's from Christina Bates and subject line, newly diagnosed at 57. And Christina says, hi, Owen. Christina Bates here. You are really helping me understand my diabetes. I have had some hard days trying to come to terms with it, but find listening to your podcast very helpful. Thanks again from Christina. Short and sweet, but a definite reminder that it's not just people, because we kind of seem to talk to a lot of people who got diagnosed in their teens and in their 20s. But Christina, at 57, that must be a huge life-changing thing to happen at that age. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, firstly, thank you, Christina, for getting in touch. And I'm delighted to hear that the podcast is helping you so far again like you said graham it's mad how essentially you can be diagnosed at any age yeah it can seem like it's completely random and it is to a certain extent there are definitely going to be hard days like christina said trying to come to terms with it it's initially a massive adjustment in your life and that's what can be difficult when you're older and even when i was 19 i was old enough to be used to my life without diabetes. And obviously Christina has been used to her life up to the age of 57 without diabetes. So of course it's going to be a massive life adjustment, but it's never a good time to be diagnosed, but it's not a bad time to be diagnosed because there is so much helpful information out there. And I'm delighted to hear the podcast. This podcast has helped so far. And there are loads of other podcasts around diabetes that you can get a lot from so be sure to even tune into them my advice to christina from my own experience adjusting to diabetes would be number one keep consuming reliable and relevant information so like i said podcasts books posts all these kind of things keep a mental or physical note of how you react to food and or insulin. When I was adjusting to things, initially, you you, you kind of take your insulin, eat your food, 
check your blood sugar and that's what the main focus is obviously getting getting used to these things but trying to get a solid idea of insulin to carb ratios insulin timing and how you react to certain foods early on is going to put you at a massive advantage so to give you an example if i was to eat a bowl of pasta and i knew that right i'm going to take x amount of insulin i would take x amount of insulin eat the pasta check my blood sugar later whatever my blood sugar is at at that time that's giving me information about the meal that i just had so that information could be did i take too much insulin did i not take enough insulin or did i take exactly the right amount and my blood sugars are still stable so if you're high you likely didn't take enough if you're low you probably took too much if you're stable that insulin to carb ratio that you've used is probably quite accurate so when i say even in previous episodes live consciously that's a good example of that don't just do things and be blind to it do things analyze it and learn something from it a run sleep stress a type of food a drink whatever it might be and then the last one is Christina, don't put yourself under pressure to get things right from the start. If you've listened to even a few of these podcasts and the fact that you've just been living with it up to this point, diabetes that is, you understand that there are so many different variables to consider with this condition. So things aren't going to be perfect from the start. Things are never going to be perfect, but it's just about taking the good with the bad, learning as much as you can and realizing that you can be the one that's in the driving seat rather than your diabetes telling you what to do. Thank you so much for contacting us. An honor to have your ears listening to the podcast and also contributing as well. We'll move on to what's an all-female lineup this this week. I'm looking, we got Catherine McHugh here and Catherine says, thank you for sharing Maya's story. The most referenced episode that we have done on. Yeah, big time. That's, I think, three emails we've read out yeah. that have referred to that episode. And I've got loads of messages personally through Instagram and that kind of thing that refer to it. So if you haven't listened to Maya's episode, go back and listen. It's an incredible story. And I have a feeling it's going to continue because every day we're getting new people into the podcast, starting from the very beginning. So people are going to come across Maya and everybody else as well and get to enjoy them and hopefully email about them as well and share their experiences. And it's what Catherine did. And Catherine said, hi, Owen, just wanted to say how much I enjoyed your podcast with Maya. Really interesting to hear the story of her COVID experience and type one diagnosis. Our son, also Owen, had a similar experience last year at age 11. He got a positive COVID test result on the 17th of October. His dad and I also tested positive for COVID, but Owen's symptoms were really mild compared with my husband and I. We were really suffering, but Owen was his usual cheery self, neither up nor down. It seemed to match what the government and media were reporting about children having mild to no symptoms, so we just assumed he would continue to be asymptomatic and would recover quickly. So... We were really surprised and confused after about four days when out of nowhere, he started vomiting and developed a fever. He went downhill so quickly. I kept phoning his GP and I just knew something wasn't right. This was no ordinary sickness bug. 
His colour got worse, eyes were sunken, still vomiting constantly and dehydrated. The GP prescribed anti-sickness meds over the phone, but because Owen was COVID positive, they referred us to the COVID response team. But I felt like we weren't getting anywhere with the COVID response team. They wanted us to take him to an assessment centre, but by that stage, he was too ill. They said they would send someone to visit us, but couldn't give us a time frame. This story is insane. When he deteriorated further, his breathing got worse, losing consciousness, lips, hands, feet, knees turning blue. We took the decision to call an ambulance. He was blue lighted to the Glasgow Children's Hospital, where we quickly learned he was in diabetic ketoacidosis. He was in intensive care for a few days before being discharged. We had no clue he had diabetes until the hospital confirmed it. I know there are much worse conditions to be diagnosed with and we're in a good place now and managing his blood sugars really well. But we definitely went through a period of grief or mourning at first, after the initial relief that he didn't have COVID complications. I'm not sure if every parent feels like that after diagnosis. The feelings of guilt for not spotting the signs sooner. The feelings of helplessness seeing your kid having to get to grips with it all. It was a lot to digest in those early weeks. Maybe it's just because of the traumatic way he was diagnosed. I'm not sure, but I still find myself getting upset about it at times when I least expect it. Those images of him in DKA will live with me forever. But we know about his diabetes now and there's no reason for him to ever be in that state again. As I say, he's doing really well now. He turned 12 in March and is looking and feeling healthier than ever. And we're so proud of him and how he's handling it all. Anyway, just wanted to share our story, given the similarities with Maya's diagnosis. I can't help but wonder if COVID and type 1 diabetes are more profoundly linked than we're led to believe. Hopefully one day soon we'll understand it better. Thank you for putting out such helpful and an inspiring podcast. That is Love from Glasgow from Catherine McHugh. That story was insane. Whoa, that was so intense. I felt like I was almost there Mm. when it was happening. So, Catherine, first of all, I'm delighted to hear that Owen is well and safe and healthy and happier now. But that was so much more intense than my diagnosis. Yeah. And it's it gives me a reminder of how people's diagnosis stories can be so different. And I can only imagine how difficult that was for the whole family. Like it, obviously, all of them have their own perspective in it, but this is during like the height of lockdowns. The three of them, Catherine, her husband, Michael, Owen, all have COVID. Must have been a nightmare. Yeah. But the fact that he was in in time, thank God, healthy, happier now, seems to be coming through it, which is which is great to see. That that's a. A very intense story, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, as we um, have touched on before, my story and just anyone who's had any trouble during COVID times, it's just the lack of access to healthcare. And especially at the start of 2020, when all this was kicking off, I couldn't imagine how difficult it would have been to actually try and get seen to by a doctor, let alone their story of actually having COVID as well, which meant their chance of seeing a doctor, the difficulty was heightened even more. Mm. And as well, Catherine, I wouldn't be feeling guilty for not seeing the signs earlier in Owen because the signs and symptoms of type 1 diabetes can be so discreet and they're difficult to spot. So in hindsight, looking back, 
it might have been easier to notice them because you're more aware of them now. But I would in no way feel guilty for not seeing them sooner because, yeah. as we already said, you had COVID, Michael had COVID, Owen had COVID, which in 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 itself is going to make things so much more difficult to see. So I hope you don't have that guilt for not seeing it earlier as much as maybe you did a number of weeks or months ago. Um, the most important thing, as we said, Owen is healthy, happy now. And you're obviously on the ball in terms of wanting to find out information. Phil, Owen with helpful information for the future. So hats off to you and thanks for getting in touch. And it's interesting that Catherine says at the end about COVID and type 1 diabetes being maybe more profoundly linked than we're led to believe because that's now Owen, Maya, and I've spoken to another like maybe two or three people separately who had similar enough experiences being diagnosed with type 1 and COVID at the same time. Yeah. And because there's no definitive cause for type 1, there's speculation that it could be related to like a virus or a viral infection. And when I was about 10 days old, I had some strange virus and I don't think they knew exactly what it was. I was thought to have meningitis. And I had to get like a lumbar puncture and all this for spinal fluid, spinal fluid to see what it might be. But that's what I'm thinking. Is there, is there a link to COVID and type one? So what they're saying, the the speculation, obviously there's no concrete, but the, the virus or a virus could cause complications in your body that could lead to your pancreas failing. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. But as you say, speculation. Yeah, you don't know. You you can't say for sure. But interesting. I'd love Mm. to speak to somebody who knows a bit more about that, to be honest. But Catherine, I hope the podcast has helped so far. I hope Owen is doing well. Send Owen my personal regards and let him know that if there's anything I can help with at all in the future or at any stage, just give me a shout. Maybe he's the next insul Owen. Mm, oh, who knows? So instead who of I N S U L E O I N, yeah, E O G H A N, E O G H A N. There you go. Thank you so much for all your emails this week. As always, we encourage you to get in contact because Owen and I love recording these emails, hearing about your stories, and just hearing from people who listen to the podcast. It's great. The Insulone Podcast at gmail.com is where you can catch us. You'll see the link in the description wherever you're listening to this. And if you have more information on the links between COVID and uh, diabetes as well, if you're a doctor listening. <laughs> yeah, we certainly can't speak about it. <laughs> and thank you to Gwyneth, Christina and Catherine for getting in touch today. I have to say that last email caught me off guard a bit. It was so intense. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear everybody came out of that safely. But as always... Appreciate you listening. If you do have a story, experience, or question, don't hesitate to reach out. These are my probably my favorite episodes to do. I love getting these in. And I think it was Gwyneth that touched on it in her email. She said how there's now a bit of a community built here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm loving about the podcast and what it's kind of turning into is that week on week on week on week now, without actually meeting each other when these emails come in it's almost like we're all having a conversation it's nice until then as always have a good day have a good week look after those blood sugars and chat to you soon
Bye. See you later, Graham. Bye-bye.